Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to the Sword and Shield Podcast. I'm Colonel Rick Erridge. Today I'm joined by... Samantha Matheson. I'm the 433rd Public Affairs Specialist, but I also serve as liaison to the 960th Cyberspace Wing and do all sorts of PA stuff for, you know, this awesome wing. So... <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Sam. And really, uh, not that you had much of a much of a vote, but I said, "Hey, Sam, we're going to do this together." <laughs> and um, and that's fine. That's fine. That's what I'm here for is to help fill in where I can and help out. So it's kind of nice once in a while to get out from behind the screen and get in front of the microphone. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I certainly enjoy it every time I'm able to. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. So we wanted to kind of talk about. Um, I think we'll, you know, we're titling this kind of the, the annual year review and talk about. Yeah. Yeah. There was all sorts of uh, craziness that happened this past year and all sorts of challenges and highlights to you. There was um, some amazing things I think members of the wing have done. And I would love to sit here and chat with you about it, sir. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm really proud of a number of things we've done. Obviously, the year started out. And um, in a place we've not been before. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was pretty nuts. <laughs> that was pretty crazy trying to understand what that was happening. And then um, kind of watching it unfold in front of our eyes at the Capitol and the fallout from that. So I found that um, interesting, I guess, is the yeah. word. <laughs> <laughs> That's really kind of the best word you can use, honestly, because, uh, yeah, that was completely unexpected. And then having to deal with, you know, the uh, OK Air Force members, this is how you handle uh, political participation. You know, make sure you don't drag the Air Force into it. You know, make sure you're not in uniform. You know, I mean, you are welcome to participate in political activities, but there does come a point where it becomes unacceptable, you know. So that was definitely an interesting challenge to think about and to explain to others and, and to understand. Sure. As we as we walk through the fallout from that is an opportunity to educate people yeah. and kind of understand where people are coming from. And then we had some dialogue. And I think mm-hmm. um, what at the end of the day, what we do about that situation is more important than the situation itself. And I felt like as an organization, we moved forward with that. We had a number of discussions we had with people about what that means. And it elicits a bunch of emotions and mm-hmm. we're able to talk about that and kind of help people through. It. And it kind of continued with our theme of connecting with airmen. And giving us opportunities um, to talk about stuff in a way that is helpful for airmen to express, you know, their feelings where they're at with stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, that was a that was a difficult time and it was interesting, which is, you know, your word. But I think that is a best the best descriptor for that. You know, there were cons there, were, but there were pros that came out of that, too. Um, but a lot of other things happened this this year, you know, that I think that we should talk about and address. So, uh, sir, where, where do you want to start? Well, I think 
for me, when I when I kind of put things in buckets and one is kind of things that happen external to the wing and then things that happen internal to the wing. And as I think about this year and reflect, I know we're not done with the year, but we're pretty close. Yep. And so as I start thinking about it um, from the mission perspective, 16th Air Force laying out what the requirements are, I think was really helpful as we work through that process of we want to be where. 16th Air Force and ACC wants to be in that mission space and then um, communicating that to AFRC. And so a number of challenges back and forth of how that happened. But we're, we're getting to a good spot, I, I feel like, as we grow the mature the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some firsts. So we had our first wing commander and um, we had our first command chief depart the organization. So that was yeah. a historic moment mm-hmm. as well throughout the year. We continued with our leadership summits. I think that's really important for us to grow and mature as well as, as how we handle our internal leadership mm-hmm. messaging and, and processes. Um, we had, yeah, so, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I just, I just wanted to say, like, I particularly enjoy the leadership summits, you know, just as, you know, just being there to, as a watcher, you know, and that's mainly my function with that. You know, I go and I take pictures and I talk to people while they're there and the, the atmosphere is always so positive. I, I know everyone there is always happy to be there and they are thrilled about the, uh, networking opportunities and uh, the information they're learning and getting on the same page as a wing, you know, is something that uh, I've noticed people really, really enjoy with the leadership summits. And I think that's a fantastic thing, especially considering, you know, in this time of COVID-19 and the pandemic and dealing with all these restrictions with masks and, you know, and also the uh, vaccinations that have come out. So can I ask you, sir, like, um, In regards to the vaccinations themselves, I I think that has been something this wing has also uh, felt challenged for and then also has overcome. Can can we talk a little bit about that? Like, what are your thoughts? Sure. Yeah. So I want to put in context the leadership summit just to wrap that up, too, is I feel it's really important to get our people together because of how we're structured organizationally across the U.S., where the units are, you know, geographically separated, how they have to kind of manage um, mission and opportunities themselves but to bring everybody together to have that really discussion just put eyeballs on people I think is really important yeah, so yeah definitely as we continue to do that um, you know through COVID as well is trying to help each one of those units navigate you know what's going on locally COVID <laughs> is very much local like politics mm-hmm. um, and try to help them from a policy perspective and help them understand where they have opportunity room to move and how to do mission, how to take care of airmen and their families. And, you know, airmen don't live and their families don't necessarily live near the base that they even drill at. And sometimes they live closer to other organizations. And so Mm -hmm. how do we message that and how do we handle um, giving the airmen what they need in order to navigate this really difficult time, I think, is the one thing that I struggle with um, is information flow and making sure people had what they need to make really good decisions for themselves and their family. Mm-hmm. I think we did a good job of that. I, I have gotten some feedback about that. It's certainly not perfect and not. Yeah. And it never is. Information and communication is the one of the most difficult things as a public affairs uh, expert, I know this for a fact. There are so many times people come in and I'm like, hey, did you hear about this? You know, we've been broadcasting this for a while. And they're like, wait, what? What's going on? I'm <laughs> yeah. like, ah. <laughs> and so as we uh, as we try to make sure they try to filter some of the the um, sausage making on the policy and just give them a final. Here's where we go. And um, mm-hmm. I think having people in place to talk about that and as we go 
you know, through COVID. And as at the end of the year here, as we moved into the vaccination process and the exemptions yeah. and the accommodations, mm-hmm. it's been a real challenge from an information standpoint. But I'm really proud of how we've come out of it. Right now, we're the number one vaccinated wing in 10th Air Force. Nice. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So we're doing really well there. Um, and then also, I think um, we haven't had a lot of issues that I'm aware of, of, of just outright refusal. And, and mm-hmm. people felt like they're able to talk about their concerns. And we provided them an opportunity to express themselves in, mm-hmm. in that way. And to me, that's really important is that we treat people with dignity and respect and give them the options that they have to um, do what they need to do with their life. Um, yeah. Yeah. The vaccination mandate and processes has definitely been tough, but um, I think uh, for the most part, you know, this wing has done very well with, you know, the messaging and, uh, and this is just my personal opinion. I'm not talking on behalf of anybody, but um, yeah, I just felt like it's gone very, very well considering the well, difficulties. <laughs> we tried really hard and I know yeah. we've missed the boat on some things, but all you can do is keep trying, right? Yeah. Just keep grinding. Mm-hmm. Yep. You make mistakes, you, you know, hold yourself accountable and then you try to fix them and then you move on. Yeah. We haven't had a pandemic in this country for a hundred years. And so I wasn't around then. Mm -hmm. And so trying to figure out what that looks like. And even today, it's much different than it was a hundred years ago. And so um, hopefully we don't have to deal deal with this again, but I think all of our leaders and I tell all of our leaders in the units, um, when this is over five years, 10 years from now. Yeah. However long it takes. <laughs> however long it takes. You're going to look back at this and go, wow, like we did something really historic. Mm-hmm. Like we we're able to continue mission, take care of airmen, take care of the families. Yep. And, and continue to um, navigate the space where uh, the unknown uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm proud of that. And um, certainly it's not been a uh, normal command tour in the sense of no. command tours for yeah. any of our leaders. Um, Mm -hmm. in the units there. So um, we'll be happy in 22. Hopefully we can put COVID behind us and we can. I know I'm personally looking forward to that. (laughs) I think we said this a year ago too, that we're looking forward to 21 uh, (laughs) being the year we would put it behind us too. But you know what? Well, all we can do is just keep hoping and like you said, keep moving forward. So yeah, absolutely. So what else has happened this past year in the wing? I mean, we We had our third birthday. Oh, we had a yeah. birthday party. Yeah, we yeah. had our third birthday. Um, and so we're moving into toddler stage yes. as a wing. So that's really <laughs> exciting. Um, we've stood up a wing plans office here at the end of the year. And mm-hmm. so we're growing and maturing into the wing we want to be. Um, and we're kind of controlling the pace. But certainly yeah. there's more things that we'd like to do. Mm-hmm. But based on the environment we're in and money and everything else that we are really um, taking a deliberate approach to, to maturing and building our wing. And mm-hmm. um you know, I, I tell my REGAF mission partners that whatever they do and the time it takes them to do, it's going to take us twice as long as reserve. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Community. We, we got the TRs that only come in, you know, once a month. And then now with the budget and financial difficulties that are happening, you know, we're having to um, do a lot with a little, you know, which, of course, being military, we tend to make that happen. But yeah, it's hard, right? We do it on the backs of our airmen. Yep, and, um, <laughs> we really do. And so I just was at the 860th on a visit, unit visit, 860th COG, and um, and and just told them, like, we need to make a list of things that we're not going to do. Like, yeah. we can't continue to do everything that we're asked to do. We need to make smart, risk-based decisions on the things we're not going to do. And so we started to shift that messaging. Um, but Sam, I think the one, one, so there's two really important things, I think, that happened last year. 
to wrap up 21 that I'm really proud of. And um, one is our UEI. So we got through our first unit uh-huh. effectiveness inspection. Yeah. Um, not without any scar tissue, but oh, I think <laughs> it's an inspection, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we had to do it, right? Like we drew a chalk mark in the sand and said, hey, this is where we are. Mm-hmm. This is the things that we need to work on. These are the things we're doing great. I think a number of things we're doing really well. Obviously, there's some areas we're still working on. We're still growing, maturing. We're still hiring the first person of everything in the wing. And so yeah. mm-hmm. that's been difficult. Um to kind of walk through and explain why we are where we are when they're put the same level of expect that AFRCG, AFRCIG, <laughs> easy for me to say, puts yeah. the same level of expectation on us as they do the 433rd who's been around 50 years. Mm-hmm. Like you have 433rd has a bunch of institutional knowledge and, yes. and mm-hmm. just business processes and practices are refined and mm-hmm. efficient and people understand those or, and everybody's on the same patch of ground. Yeah. Where with us, it's really different. I think the IG team struggle with that. You know, mm-hmm. the headquarters struggled with understanding how to measure us, mm-hmm. how to validate that. Uh, but what came out of it was a rapid improvement event that's going to define the way we do that in the future. Um, and I'm really excited about that because it sets us on the next path mm-hmm. for the next inspection cycle. Yeah, I mean, inspections, I mean, they're very frustrating and they're they're extremely stressful, you know. However, the good that comes out of it is you know your weaknesses. And that's important. You know, if you don't know your weaknesses, you don't know where to improve. And um, I think it's important to know, like as a wing, as a professional organization, to know where your weaknesses are at. It's just so you can highlight those areas and then focus on them to put, you know, make them better and just be better in the future. And considering that this wing is only three years old, a little over three years old, um, I think, you know, this is a fully established wing for the most part. There are some issues, obviously, uh, because it is so young, but considering where it's at and what's been happening and what's been going on recently in the, <laughs> you know, in the external world, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, it's a good wing to be at, you know, and the culture is really good too. I, I personally really enjoyed, uh, coming over here and working with 960th, uh, even though it's not as, um, uh, as established, I'll, I'll put it like that, as the 433. Experienced, yeah. As experienced. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone over here just always has a good attitude, good culture, and um, the morale is always very high, even though, it, you know, there are a lot of frustrations. So Sure. Yeah, I think we uh, we talk about building that culture and you do it through people. Mm-hmm. And so you hire the right people, you give them the space they need, the reason, well, most of the time, the resources yeah. they need, right? Because <laughs> money. Because money. Money's, money's resource. There's never enough people, never enough money. Mm-hmm. Um, but we give them good direction and intent and just let them go figure it out. And, and I think um, certainly that validated in my mind that we're on the right path. Yeah. We're on a good path. We're on a good maturity level. Um, you know, you know, our, our CCO, the, the Bud Banky, he has to submit every quarter where we are. Um, from a maturity, wing, maturity perspective, mm-hmm. and we are right on track with where we should be. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm proud of that fact. And I think the the one other big event that happened last year that I'm really proud of is our first annual mental health resiliency fair. Yes. Yeah. So that definitely turned into a way bigger deal than <laughs> I certainly expected. I showed up to take pictures and there was so many people there. Yeah. <laughs> like Frances Martinez did an amazing job putting that together. Yeah. I don't know how she did it, but... It was awesome. Especially during COVID, right? We really yeah. didn't know what to expect, what we we're going to get. Um, I think <laughs> if we probably could have filled the auditorium. 
yeah. had, had we been allowed to under mm-hmm. COVID, you know. And so really great event. Really looking forward to how that's going to spin into year two. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she's planning some great things. And I told her, hey, got to raise the bar. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go one more. I don't know how she's going to do it, but I know she will. She's, 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 she's got awesome. a plan. Yeah, yeah, we got a plan. So um, I think taking care of our airmen, we did a good job of that. You know, that's our first priority. Our second mm-hmm. priority is optimizing readiness. Obviously, very difficult under COVID. Yep. Keeping people individually ready and unit ready. But we worked really hard on that. Um, we're actually doing really well. We're above the standard for uh, for medical readiness. So we're above 80% as a wing. And so coming out of COVID, I'm really proud of that fact that we did really well Mm -hmm. there. And then a third with maturing the organization, we kind of talked about Mm -hmm. those things already we're doing. So really proud what we're doing. We're going to continue to keep those as our priorities Mm -hmm. going into 22 during my reign of terror. And so (laughs) that'll still be where we're focused. And we'll be doing some other things in there and taking the next step Mm -hmm. under each one of those priorities. Um, going forward here. So what is the next step? Great question. <laughs> There's a number of next steps. <laughs> number of things that, you know, we, we definitely need to work on. Um, and so for me, I want to continue to build good business practices mm-hmm. and repeatable mappable processes yeah. that outlive you and us. We're all going to move on at some point. We got to hand this thing over to the next generation and and they shouldn't have to work on the same problems that mm-hmm. we've been struggling working on. So yeah. Trav vouchers yeah. still continues <laughs> to be something oh, that we need to focus on what systematically. A yeah, I know. And it's just ridiculous with the travel voucher issue. You know, I mean, it's just I mean, you know, I could go into it, but. Let's not. It's, yeah. it's a monster. <laughs> Let's just say that we can continue to try to solve a systematic problem yes. to help our airmen. And mm-hmm. I think we've made some just in the past month, we've made some breakthroughs that we haven't had before. Oh, okay. So, um, And that's been the support. 433rd's done a good job. They hired somebody over there that's really helping us understand the process. So nice, really nice. good with that. Again, people solving problems. Yeah. Um, continue to connect with our families and our airmen and understand where they're at understand what their needs are. 10th Air Force has asked us to experiment with uh, with a kind of a new model of how we support our airmen and do it based on where you live and not based on your unit. Huh. And so okay. we're going to try to identify where people live yeah. and then connect the people where they live, even if it's outside of our organization, to huh. create a community of support. So if you drill in San Antonio, but you live in Great Falls, Montana, uh-huh. we have somebody that lives there. Yes. Um, how can we help her with that community and connect with people there to get resources that her and her family needs? Like, mm-hmm. so it's a different concept. So we're going to experiment with that and try to figure out what it means and then share any lessons learned with the command on that. So, well, sir, honestly, I think this is the perfect unit to even experiment that on with all the amount of GSUs we have around anyway, regardless, most people live near or around their GSU location, but not all of them. You sure. Know. So I, I think that's a excellent um, idea to try to push forward on. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work out. But. I don't know either, but we're all in. <laughs> and so we're working on finding some software and using data to understand where people live and try mm-hmm. to use some analytics and and really be deliberate and thoughtful about how we approach it. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's pretty sweet. That's I'm pretty exciting. To that. um, we want to continue to grow our diversity, inclusion, and equity yeah. program. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, there's there's so many things that we need to continue to improve on. And yep. as you look across our units, we're in places around the country, all different types of places, with different demographics. Mm-hmm. And each one of those units need to be reaching out to increasing, you know, 
their diversity at their organization, which then makes it a little bit easier for us as a Wayne because we're more diverse just because people are out in different parts of the country already. Yep. And so I think we do um, we do better than most here, uh, but certainly we're nowhere near where we need to be mm-hmm. and continue to focus on that. From a, from a readiness perspective, I'm really excited about where we're going there. Uh, the next steps we're going to take, we're going to use the IG processes and work with our mission partners to help understand, hey, cyber readiness is different. And so yeah. if we're in a, if you're in a cyber unit, your readiness is different. Your requirements should be different. We shouldn't try to box everybody in the same box for readiness. Um, if you're going to be a deploying garrison person, you're going to come to your building where you do drill and that's where you'll be deployed and mobilized. Mm-hmm. Like there's probably some efficiency there of, of not making everybody go through the same training that combat commerce has to go through. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. And so we're working on that. I, I think there's a way to help us do that. We're probably more ready than we're reporting just because some of those things wouldn't matter mm-hmm. to somebody that's deployed in garrison. So we're going to communicate that. We're going to report it differently. Um, we're, we're building those processes and we're going to be kind of the lead for the three cyber wings in the Air Force about how, um, how that happens. And, and we'll bring the 688th and 67th along with us nice. as we do that for the Air Force. Um, obviously we need to continue training and efficiency. Mm-hmm. We got to get better how we do that. I think we need to take better advantage of the waiver process when we hire new people. If mm-hmm. they have a background in IT and, and cyber, then do we really have to send them to every single school and where can we take risk and um, where where should we invest the limited amount of funds in getting people the training they need? Yep. That's that's pretty important, you know, because streamlining things will save the Air Force a lot of money, too. And uh, obviously, money is always an issue. So <laughs> There's never enough money, no matter what year we're in. Nope, there never is. <laughs> so we got to get more efficient there. I think there's room for that. And we got some folks working on that and then execute the mission. Um, this is exciting as well, because we're really working hard on how we present our forces. Mm-hmm. And so in cyber, the community, the larger Air Force cyber community has um we're just kind of building this thing as we're going, right? We're yeah. building the airplane as we're flying it, as they say. Yeah. Uh, and so we present crews and we got different crew ratios and each cyber weapon system looks at it a little differently. Um, the combat comm uses UTCs and it's very clear and they know what to expect and they know how many people are in this UTC and what equipment goes with it. We got to get to that level of fidelity with their cyber units. And then we can understand the capabilities we have and then present those to combatant commanders and the Air Force saying, this is what we can do for you and this is how you access us. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's a maturity thing um, and there's only three cyber wings. So we're all trying to figure it out together. Yeah. Yep. Well, cyber just in general in the Air Force is, is fairly new. So, you know, we're, we're breaking new ground here with how everything is going to work and how the mission is going to be accomplished. And like even like every time I turn around and come over here to the 960th, I hear something new and different that's being done that, as opposed to regular Air Force or regular uh, reserve wing wings and units. You know, like uh, this wing, like those things just so differently because the requirements are so different, you know. So, um, yeah, we got that space to we we have that space to um, choose my words wisely here Yeah, (laughs) to figure out what's going to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so our RegAF partners are leaning on us to do that, giving us a space to help. And they've been really good with um, being involved along the process and giving us feedback. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that, how we normalize um, some of those things that's um, that's really going to set up, you know, the the next leadership team for the wing to to take it to the next step from there. 
Yeah, because with all this being new and different, you know, this is going to be a lasting legacy. I mean, it, it really is. Everything that we're doing right now is going to carry forward into the future. And someday, some future leader of the <laughs> of the 960 Cyberspace Wing is going to be looking back at Colonel Erridge's <laughs> biography, you know, and thinking like, dang, he did a good job. <laughs> or he's going to say, why the heck did he do that? Why would he? What decision was that made? Well, hopefully um, that's not the hopefully case. Hopefully it's not. No. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to make the wing. Um, yeah. Put the wing in a position to be successful in the future and postured. Mm-hmm. What you know, if if we were going to project ourselves and and time machine Sam and Rick to yeah. a year from now, mm-hmm. um, I think we'd be talking about, hey, the wing looks a little bit different. Like we're having some movement. We're going to stand up a range squadron, mm-hmm. so to support the Air Force cyber ranges. So that's going to oh, be super ex- exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. So that'll probably get approved this year, and we'll start moving out towards that. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, we're going to have our second mental health resiliency fair. And so yep. Mr. Kevin Hines is going to come in. And if you don't know his story, I encourage you just to Google. And, yeah. and we I think um, we're working on some other media to, mm-hmm. in support of that as well. So excited for that. Um, I, I think one thing you can hang your hat on is that we're going to continue to have budget uncertainty. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a constant, sir. Like in the almost 20 years I've been in, that's... Every year, that's an issue or a topic of conversation. Every year, it feels like it's worse than last year, but I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. It's kind of come uh, about to being the norm at this point. (laughs) Um, But obviously, that that impacts our ability to make good decisions on what we do and kind of slows us down. Mm We're going to have two more leadership summits. First one's going to be at the 35th Combat Com in the spring. So looking forward to that, getting us some Combat Com experience. And then it'll the next one in the fall will be back here in San Antonio. Nice. So okay. look, looking forward to that. Um, undoubtedly, there's going to be transitions. There always is in the military, and so we'll probably yeah. have some some different leadership transitions at different organizations. We've already hired um, a couple here lately, mm-hmm. and we're, we we know we have a couple folks going to school in the summer, so we know we're going to have some more folks as well so great opportunities to have new leaders come in and put their stamp on their organization yeah which is good because it's really important to mature this organization because as we've said earlier it's only a little over three years old and uh, things are going to constantly change and keep changing um well with that being said sir do you want to talk about the changes in the public affairs like this podcast or should we leave that alone no so let's yeah so let's talk about that um and then, uh, and then, and then I'll give a wrap up. Um, we have done, to my count, Sam, mm-hmm. forty six episodes, not including this one. Forty six episodes have been published this year. That is awesome. Like, yep, it's been one a week. That's one, one a week per week, <laughs> and it's been a grind. <laughs> yep. Um, but I appreciate your efforts. Um, some are better than others. We know that. Uh, mm-hmm. We get good feedback. Keep the feedback coming. We want to talk about the things that that you all want to um, hear from us and talk about it. But um, we're going to take a bit of a different a direction with um, 2022. And so we're going to go to two a month at this point. And then if, um, you know, if we decide we want to change it up, we'll yeah. do that too. And so mm-hmm. we're looking at doing maybe some other things as well to supplement how we communicate with our airmen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that, that's kind of the plan for going in next year. And um and and as we continue to grow our relationship with the 433rd, right, there might be somebody else sitting in this seat being mm-hmm. our 
podcast producer, executive director? Yes, sir. We're, we're, we're looking at uh, uh, me and another individual in the 433rd Public Affairs Office to switch positions. So um, on the military side, I promoted, as, as you know, and what that means is now I'm taking on different duties and responsibilities over there. And so as a result, I'm unfortunately going to have to hand over my baby, which is this <laughs> podcast, over to someone else. <laughs> and it hurts me a little bit to have to do that. I'm not going to lie. This, Like I said, this has been my baby for the last couple of years. And um, I watched it grow from a little bean to now it's, you know, full fledged you know, little bird, I guess. Yeah. Flying leaving the, the coop. Yeah. We're leaving the chicken coop. We're leaving the nest. Um, you've done an amazing job. You always be the number one podcaster in my heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, uh, you've, you've pushed us to get out of our comfort zone and do yeah. this. I still remember the first episode. I'm like, man, what are we doing? This is awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. Literally just winging it. And, yeah. and it was, Honestly, sir, I, I was highly amused by that because I really did. It was you and Chief Howard. We, you know, barely had the the outline of a plan. <laughs> yeah. And y'all just sat down and just started talking back and forth. And I'm just sitting here watching y'all like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it worked out okay. And it's it been did. fun. It and then hopefully our listeners have um, gotten something out of every episode that they listen to. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we want. Like, um, take take something out that, that then you can hang your hat on and that you can... Um, um, say that it's worth your time yeah. to listen to. Most definitely. Well, sir, we're, we're almost out of time. So I wanted to ask you, is there anything that we missed that we, we should talk about? And uh, then the ball is in your court for, for wrapping up this. Episode. Sure. I think, um, again, thanks for, for all the hard work that you put in this and make it what it is. And I um, really appreciate that and the, and the team. And, um, and, and certainly it's, it's takes some coaxing to get some folks to get yeah. get behind the microphone <laughs> and talk to. So I appreciate your, your positive attitude and energy that have uh, encouraged people to do that. Thank you, sir. So I think leaving, um, going into 22 here, I think we need to keep an eye on national defense strategy. And from a mission perspective, we're, we're definitely going to see a different focus for the new NDS. And we expect to get that in the early part of 22. Um, and we're going to shift to more of a Indo-Pacific focus is, is my, mm-hmm. um, my expectation from what I'm hearing, what's going to look like and, and how we do that in our wing, we're just going to have to figure it out and see what our mission partner needs from us and what the combatant command needs for us to help out. And we'll do that in a very deliberate, we'll make a uh, deliberate process. We'll make good decisions on how to do that. And, um, we're here to support where they need us, where the Air Force needs us to do. We, yeah. we provide, you know, combat ready airmen to dominate cyberspace and, that's what we're going to continue to do no matter who the adversary, who the threat is yep. or what situation is. We'll be ready to do that. So, And I believe it. I really do. All right, Sam. Well, thanks again. And um, I appreciate everything that you've done for us and the team. And I appreciate being here. So, All right. <laughs>